horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Have a great Easter. Happy birthday. It is opening week at Saratoga, opening week at Del Mar, and the million-dollar Haskell with a slew of stakes races on Saturday. Hello, everyone. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks so much for being with us here for another edition of Winning Ponies. Happy to have you. Let me kind of set the table for you here. Um, we had Todd Shrupp with us so about a month or so ago, and I thought, you know, it's only fitting that we bring in his own old running mate, Matt Carruthers, who stays very, very busy. It is TVG Haskell Day at Mama, so I thought I'd get somebody from TVG. We'll bring in Matt Carruthers, uh, talk about his uh, early roots, uh, the Canterbury days, uh, working with Todd, and kind of what goes in for his uh, daily, weekly show prep uh, for TVG and uh, just kind of some help that he gets along the way. I understand. Uh, and uh, now it looks like he is settled in the bed of the bluegrass from Minnesota to California. He's now settled in in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. So Matt Carruthers from TVG will be our first guest and our second guest needs no introduction he's been on this show many many times and none other than tom law who uh as you know is the president of the national uh, turf writers of america but the important thing is that right now tom is the managing editor of the saratoga special if you were never a special person before You're a special person now because you can get this in your mailbox every single day that they are publishing an edition of the special. Now, minimum twice a week. But as you see, as it builds a little bit towards the middle uh, of the racing season, especially in early August when the phasing Tipton sales are up, uh, there'll be uh, many additional issues put out. But uh, primarily Wednesdays and Saturdays will be your biggest issues. And of course, they've got everything from uh, back scene stories to handicappers and uh, uh, just uh, just a fantastic job done by Tom Law. And it's a three-way split for responsibility between he and the Clancy brothers, Sean Clancy and Joe Clancy. So in what has become a tradition here at Winning Ponies, uh, we will uh, ask Tom to step away from his 
duties at the Saratoga Special. I understand the old Gutenberg printers going right now. He's got an intern turning the crank and getting them out, getting them ready for delivery at all the old stewards and on the backstretch tomorrow. So we will talk to uh, Tom. So Matt Crothers and Tom Law are our guests. And what could be better than uh, racing at Del Mar and Saratoga and in New Jersey. Of course, the races we're going to look at, we can't look at them all. There's just so many great races this weekend. So even more reasons for you to pull down your easy win forms from winning ponies. Uh, The ones we're going to look at with Matt, uh, of course, will be the TVGCOM Haskell grade one going nine furlongs and what a great race they've put together it's not the biggest but the best of the three-year-olds that are ready to roll right now including the horses that finished second and third potentially first and second in the kentucky derby now both of those horses came out of the kentucky derby we're talking about mandaloon and hot rod charlie mandaloon was only beaten a half a length by medina spirit and came back at mammoth the prep for this at a mile on the 16th and won the pegasus a very patient ride by regular florent Giroux for trainer brad cox hot rod charlie since the derby ran a bang up race I believe the fastest early fractions of any horse that stuck around for a piece of the pot in the Belmont Stakes. Essential quality won the race, but Hot Rod Charlie was game in victory. Uh, defeated Preakness winner Ron Bauer in, in that one. And then also in this race, uh, you can't dismiss uh, Midnight Bourbon. Man, since this horse broke its uh, maiden back last August, it has been a nothing but grade one, two, and three competition. Most recently finished second, had the lead going into the stretch in the Preakness Stakes, but got caught by Ron Bauer. So with Matt, we'll be talking, of course, the TVG Haskell. And before that, a legendary race, the United Nations. Half a million up for grabs, going on the grass a mile and three-eighths, obviously, that kind of purse is going to bring out classy horses. And then at Saratoga, uh, the Diana is the feature race on Saturday. Remember, now at Saratoga, uh, there's going to be stakes races uh, every day of the meet, if this calendar serves me well. And, uh, of course, then on Saturdays, they're really loaded with the uh, usually a Average of three stakes races, all of them graded for sure um, at Saratoga. But we're, we picked uh, the Diana uh, that has eight horses, six of them are horses that came in from Europe, some of them a little while back, but most of them somewhat recently. Uh, this will be on the grass mile and eighth. And uh, who you got to beat? Well, maybe you got to beat the Kentucky bred Harvey's Little Goyle, uh, who just. Uh, relishes the distance of a mile and an eighth and then a horse race near and dear to my heart the sanford stakes two-year-olds go in six furlongs at saratoga i have to go back to 1977 when i watched a baby-faced kid by the name of steve cawthon lead a chestnut colt out there by the name of affirmed and got affirms first stakes win in the sanford all right That's the lineup. That's our guest. 
what is uh, going on in the news? Well, let's pull that up. Now, um, some news about passing of a Hall of Famer came up. I used to watch this guy ride as a kid. I'm really going to give my age away tonight. But Johnny Rotz passed away at the age of 86. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame jockey, died peacefully of his home in Warrensburg, Illinois. He won over $2,900 races, $2,900 races, and was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1983. He was North America's leading stakes-winning rider in 69 and 70 when he rode Hall of Famers Gallant Bloom and the speedy Tawee, as well as champion Silent Screen. So he's a, an Illinois native and started out at Fairmont Park and did the whole route that everyone did back in the old days, groom, hot walker, exercise rider, before making their debut as a jockey. Uh, Ross's nickname was Gentleman John. I just remember he was almost Braulio Baeza-like, the way he would just go into this stone face uh, image. Once, once he was on horseback, there was no messing around. He was totally focused, obviously, with the resume I just laid out there. Pretty damn successful rider. Johnny Watts also uh, was honored with the George Wolf Memorial Award. And um, hard to believe he retired that year at the age of 39, which is considered pretty young man in, in these days. So uh, we will uh, wish his family nothing but the best. But John was a hell of a rider while he was riding for sure. Now, um, talking about the Haskell, Ron Bauer is going to skip the Haskell. We find out this week, obviously the fields have been drawn and, uh, he, uh, looks like he's going to focus on, uh, the grade to Jim Dandy, according to John Fratkin, uh, who is, uh, one of the partners in there and uh, also expected in there. You're going to have company, baby. That's right. The Jim Dandy is also going to see essential quality. At least that is on his dance card right now. Uh, he's been working really good out at Santa Anita. And uh, so it looks like uh, we're going to see him at Saratoga rather than down at at Monmouth Park. Now, as I said, Delmar's back. They're with fans in limited numbers. Uh, of course, their purses are up. Should see a, a strong handle. Um, but, hey, remember a year ago, we were racing without fans in attendance. So it is really nice to be back in action again in front of of the fans. And I'll tell you what, the jockeys will tell you, it makes a difference too. Well, um, last week we brought in, uh, steady Eddie Meyer, uh, to assist us with the races at Belmont park. And, uh, let's take three in a row. If you hit the pick three, congratulations, starting with the Belmont Oaks Invitational, obviously Oaks being for three-year-old fillies. And most impressively, my chalky pick was Santa Barbara. I mean, the class is unbelievable. This horse came into this race, had never raced in North America. Three straight grade one efforts, just missed by a neck at the Corral in her last one. So uh, you had to see this race. 
uh, Ryan Moore came in to ride for Aiden O'Brien. Go back and look at it again. Seventh race, Belmont Park on the 10th. Uh, this filly was blocked and blocked and blocked unless Ryan Moore figured he had the race won the whole time. He didn't mind being in a whole lot of traffic because he was shut off first time uh, about uh, three quarters of the way down the back stretch, and then <clears throat> Uh, was blocked again when he tried to get out from the rail position. Finally found a sliver, and class prevailed. Santa Barbara. Remember that name, folks, Santa Barbara. I also mentioned that this horse ran a length and a quarter behind Mother Earth. Mother Earth went on earlier Saturday over in... uh, I believe it was England or Ireland and uh, finished a very close second in a grade one race. So it's about the company you keep. Second, it was Steady Eddie's speed horse, Con Lima, getting the job done. So we did have the exacta. And third was Serona. In the victory ride uh, at Belmont, now this was the sprint, six and a half. The winner in there, super sensational. I just thought this was kind of a tough spot for return to the races for this Mark Cassie trainee. Had not been out since the eight bells at Churchill Downs, but showed bullet works down there in Louisville. And uh, rider change, Flavia and Pratt up for the first time. Super sensational, gets the job done in the victory ride in the second spot was overcharged. Louis Sayas picked up the mount for this horse that raced at Delmont <laughs> Delta Downs and Mammoth Park finished second. Third was inject and the Belmont Park Derby Invitational, obviously three year old boys inner turf. Wow. Bolshoi Ballet, a fine day for the Irish. Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore get the job done. Very, very impressive. Remember the name of this horse when uh, things are getting warmed up for the action out at the Breeders' Cup at, at Del Mar this year. So Bolshoi Ballet, extremely impressive in the Belmont Derby Invitational. All right, well, there's an outline of what the show's going to look like uh, uh, today. Uh, look at as much national news as we could get in in 15 seconds, I'll tell you. The ongoing Bob Baffert saga, it looks like now he can race at New York tracks. It's been an amazing legal volley over the past couple weeks, and I'm sure it will continue. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to one of the original TVG regular guys, none other than Matt Carruthers. I'm John Englehart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com 
BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence. Bet with BUSR. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, as I let you know at the top of the show, Matt Carruthers is with us now. I remember many, many moons ago getting all excited there was going to be a uh, a network that was dedicated to horse racing. I'm like, wow, this is exciting, you know. And then I looked up one day and uh, there uh, was Todd Trump and Matt Carruthers. And I don't know how long ago that was, but hey, these guys must be doing pretty well because they're still with TVG. Matt, welcome to Winning Ponies. Good to be here, John. Yeah, it, it's it's flown by. I didn't even. It was kind of funny you you mentioned that because I was. I, I'm not a fan of group text to be honest with you. To begin with, I'm just because they never end, right? You, you you know, it's like texting with one person is enough, but with like six people involved, and it's just like it's like enough. But anyway, so I was involved in a group text this morning, and one of the people it was more work related, so it was okay. Um, and, and and Ken Rudolph said, happy 22nd anniversary. I, I don't know if it was it me or who he was talking to. And I was like, was is somebody on this thread? Had they been married for 22 years? And, and then I, it dawned on me that it was, it was TVG. Yesterday was our anniversary, 22 years ago, yesterday, July 14th, 1999. Um, we went on the air for the first time and Ken and I was a first people on the air and and and, and we're working together uh, a lot right now 22 years later so yeah um yeah pretty cool yeah yeah well we had a storm come through here and it blew my all my cable out so i haven't seen you for a couple of days but uh i i did i was over at buddy's house and i did see ken bringing you in into the show well uh hey you know i'm not gonna have enough time to get through all this so let let me wrap it okay. for you uh give me your earliest Roots. I mean, let's face it. Minnesota is not actually known as a hotbed of thoroughbred racing. No, I mean, I, you know, again, as I, you know, I moved, I, I moved around. So um, we lived in LA a lot when I was a kid, and my dad's a my dad's a horse player. I mean, he he still is. He was a uh, you know he's a big horse player who was one of the bigger pick six players in Southern California, and we. He taught, me, he taught me how to read the form at a, at a really young age. You know, his dad took him to the racetrack in New Orleans, the fairgrounds back in the day. Um, you know, my, dad used to pick, my dad used to pick up his father from work just to go to, for the late double. That was the big exotic back then, sure. back in the 60s, um, early 60s, I think. And 
So I was, you know, I was going to Santa Anita. I was going to Hollywood Park on weekends at a very young age. I was reading the form at a very young age. Um, you know, when, when you're young, um, you know, I think most parents that they see what their kids are good at, what they're not good at, and you try to, you know, kind of push them in, in directions they're good at. I have a you know, decent memory. I'm, I'm decent with numbers, and then things they like too, right? And I liked it. My dad liked it, and I loved everything my dad liked. Um, so I love, I love going to the track, and I love the betting aspect. And my dad was a gambler; he bet on everything. Um, and then we moved to Minnesota. You're right; there was no horse racing, but my dad was one of the people. There was a bunch of other people too, but he was one of the people that really fought to get racing in Minnesota. And, and um, it passed, and, and Canterbury Downs opened up in 1985. And in the summers when I was back from, from Tulane, where I went to college, I, you know, I worked at the track, and I actually worked with Todd Shrupp. I met Todd in 19, maybe 89, summer wow. of my sophomore year in college, and we worked together. So I've known, I mean, TVG's been around 22 years. I've known, I've known Shrupp 32. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's great. Well, and like I said, it, it's good to see you guys still standing, and, and and there you are. You know, I you know I was trying to search out as much as I could about you on the uh, on the internet. Now I'll leave the police record off, but I did right. think that I did think that the tribute you gave your father in one interview was uh, was very moving. Uh, and, and you you did say that he was kind of notorious for the pick six, and um, that that that's kind of influenced you to an extent as far as horizontal wagers, wh- whether they be four, five, or six. It seems to be something you enjoy doing on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, I mean, he 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 helped me, uh, you know, tremendously. I think a lot of people have my story, where it was their grandfather or their dad or whoever, maybe their mother or your uncle, or whatever that, that that you know brought them around to the game, and, and a lot of the. The you know the I don't know the tricks, but a, a lot of the, the the things they learned from them early on you know they st- stick with you. And uh, the one thing that you know my dad's best trait as a horse player, I mean he has two really he had two really good traits back there. He put in the time. I and mean, this is back before the internet. So uh, I remember my dad. We used to we used to keep the racing form, stack them up. You probably remember every week. I think the charts would come out in the back of the form, and you'd keep those charts and you'd stack them yes. up. And then when you go back and do your handicap, you want to see a track played a certain day. You yes. you'd have them, um, you know, stacked up and in you know in terms chronologically in terms of the dates, and you'd keep them for about a year. Eventually, you had to get rid of some of them. Um, and so my dad, you know, it was a, it was a lot harder to have an edge back then. I mean, we. We just have to go down to the paddock to see if a first-time starter was was wearing blinkers. I mean, the information. This is before buyers were in the form. Um, yes. I mean, this was you. <laughs> uh, it, it it's harder to get an edge now than it was then because now it's just so you have to put you have to put nearly as much of an effort to get information that back in the day required a lot of effort, um, and and a lot of people don't want to put in that effort. So you had the advantage. Back then, so so the hard work was one thing, and then the other thing was just, I mean, you got to have confidence, and it, it, it I, I, you know, it, it, they always say it borders on arrogance, and you don't want to be too arrogant, but if you're gambling, and, and back in the day, my dad was gambling, you know, quite a bit, you better think you're going to win, and you can't be afraid of the price. So I remember my dad liking the horse would be twelve, fifteen to one morning line, where most people would be petrified if the horse opened up at twenty-five to one. My dad loved it, loved it, didn't want action. Um, you know, you're smarter than everybody else. The 25 to one pays a lot better than six to one. Why do you want your horse bet down? That's not a good thing. It's less money for you. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've, I've quite had the, you know what that, that he's had, 
but I think that's a trait that I still have. And even today at Woodbine, I played a pick six, and it was a big carryover. And you know, I singled a ten to one shot. He won at seven to one. Indiana Grand, I played a pick four. I singled a twenty to one shot. Went off at eleven. Got caught on the wire. Um, you can't be afraid to single horses you like because of price. And I, I, that's something that's, that's, that stuck with me, you know, forever. I've been playing my my entire life. Great, great handicapping lessons and memory with Matt Carruthers of TVG. A, 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 a quick addition to what you said. My brother and I, uh, he, he worked at Saratoga and we lived in Albany and I, I'd go up with him and help run his bets when I was a little kid. But anyhow, we'd be at Colson's newsstand at, at midnight. And that's when the truck mm-hmm. would come in and throw the racing forms <laughs> off and the curmudgeons and all the guys that were there with the cigars in their mouth. It was like being in a Damon Runyon mouth. But then we'd go home, we'd sit down on the, at the kitchen table, and my job was to go through the workouts and not find the bullet horse, but to find the two, three horses underneath that worked the second, third, and fastest of the distance. As you know, Matt, we get that delivered to us now. But back in those days, if a horse oh, right. went 101, you had no idea that it was only a fifth of a second slower than, uh, you know, uh, affirmed or somebody. I'm just making a name. Right, exactly. And, you know, but it was just that edge that you had. And we used to have a guy in the press box as we kind of things move forward with Equibase and things like that. Um, we would start to add more information to our program. And he was so pissed at us. He's like, what are you guys doing this for? This is, Well, this was one of these guys like like you and your dad, Matt, would go home and kept a chart book you know i mean guys would have yeah. you know great big three binder books that you'd flip yep. through uh, the great thing about saratoga is you got them the next day in the times union full charts with a photo finish anyhow i digress back to matt carruthers and his career well you know when i see i was looking for photos of you at first i thought maybe you went out to california to be a male model that's a very flattering yeah, right. uh, photo of you uh, but uh so, and I just figured you you were a base guy, and all of a sudden I started listening to you. It's like, hell, this guy's he's in Kentucky. He's he's not on the West Coast anymore. Um, what precipitated your move to the Lexington area, and are you enjoying it? I am enjoying it. Um, you know, my wife and I have thought about it. You know, for for a few years, and then to be honest with you, um, it, it we were kind of just gonna buy a place here, um, as sort of an investment. Um, and, 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 you know, there's Keeneland. I come back here a lot anyways, and it's horse country and I have a lot of friends and I have family here and, and we, we know a lot of people here. So, um, and then, and then COVID hit and to be honest with you, and that's kind of what facilitated the move where, you, you know, I could have been on the moon, in doing shows for 13 months, everyone no, everyone was in lockdown. Things are just starting to open up again, and and, and, and we stayed out here. So I'm going to be, you know, going back to LA a lot. That's where that's where the home base is. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're we've been living out here um, basically, you know, uh, about a year now. Um, obviously, the pandemic hit, hit, you know, last March, and you know, we looked to to, to buy a place that would be a good investment, and thought we could live here and, and work at the same time. And it's kind of worked out well. So, um, yeah, big fan of the area, knew the area going in. And I'm somebody who, you know, I went to college in New Orleans. I consider Minneapolis home. I was born in Boston. I spent a lot of time in LA. I worked, I worked at Monmouth. I worked in Jersey. I worked for New York OTB. So like a lot of people 
in this industry, and I, the only place in the, in the country I haven't lived is the Pacific Northwest. I've, I've lived everywhere else. So moving um, something that, you know, I can pretty much live anywhere. And I've been in L.A. for over 20 years, and it, it, was, it was kind of a nice change. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I discussed this with, with Todd, and uh, I, I want to give a, a tip of the cap to you, too. Um, during the COVID period, whatever the hell you want to call that year, I don't want to remember, um, you guys did an excellent job of realizing, you know, we've got a new audience out there, believe it or not. Now, we know that our mm-hmm. crusty, rusty handicappers understand when we're talking about track variants and buyer figures. But, you know, uh, Casey Engelhard, who just got out of college, uh, you know, might be struggling with what the heck an exact is. And you guys did a great job of uh, explaining things without, you know, stopping to explain it. You just kind of worked it into the flow of of, uh, of, of your daily uh, repertoire, uh, you know, during the day. And I, and I thought that was great. You, holding the hand of the newbies was you guys did a great job. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. It, it, it's very kind of you to say. But, you know, one of the things that, that I think racing has finally realized, it, I mean, you mentioned for a, for a few minutes ago, the, uh, you know, the, the old guy and the cigar and the beer in his hand. I, I love that environment, by the way, the track. I'm not a turf club guy. I like to hang out, uh, you know, on the apron with a beer in my hand with the form rolled up. So I, I, am, I am one of those people. Um, but, you know, racing's always been kind of stereotyped as those type types of people, degenerates and gamblers. And, 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 and gambling was was semi-taboo, unless you went to Vegas, then it was okay for some reason, or maybe even Atlantic City in, in its heyday. <laughs> um, but now, I mean, your, your average folk who probably never would have considered gambling, you know, 20 years ago, now they're betting, and now other sports are promoting it, and you can't watch any other uh, you know, uh, you know, a network channel involving sports without getting the odds and the lines and, and who to play. So, betting has become much more open. It's much more. It's much more okay. It's not taboo anymore. And so, you know, during that period where nothing else was going on, I mean, every other sport right. had shut down. A lot of these people that now um, like to like to bet on something, and and I think the amount of people that gamble now far exceeds the percentage of people that bet before. Um, they wanted to play something, and 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 horse racing, as you know, and I, I'm guessing most people listening right now know that it's the, it's it's the best game. Um, is there luck involved? Absolutely, there's luck involved in, in everything in life, but it's a skill game. And I think, you know, uh, if you if you can sell somebody on, you know, you, you can make money, you're not betting against the house, you're, you're betting against the public. Um, and if you put in more work and you're smarter, uh, you know, you're you're going to have a chance because you're betting against other people maybe that aren't as prepared as you and aren't as good as you and didn't put, put in the time that you that you did. Um, and you don't have to be right too often and make a lot of money. And it's challenging and it's fun and it's a, and it's a puzzle and it's rewarding and it's exciting and it's all these things. And then you have, you know, the, the equine athlete component and the jockeys that are tremendous athletes. And I think a lot of people that, you know, aren't really aware of that, they dive into it. First, it's intimidating, but um, it doesn't really, I don't think it's, it takes that long to become you know, maybe a, kind of an average horse player. Uh, it's like anything in life, right? You can become okay at it, almost anything fairly easily. It's getting really good at something 
that takes time. Uh, and, and I think just showing people that, hey, this isn't, this isn't Greek. You can become at least competent at this uh, without expending a ton of effort. Um, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that, that's attractive to people. And a lot of people, newbies, as you mentioned, were watching because there's nothing else to do or watch. And then, you know, being on a lot of the NBC uh, affiliates throughout the country, um, whether it was NBC Philadelphia or Chicago or, or, or whatever, getting those types of audiences to be part of TVG was also extremely helpful in that. Well, we've got Matt Carruthers with us, and we just heard the name TVG. So let us not forget the TVG.com Haskell Stakes, a million dollars up for grabs. We uh, briefly talked about the race earlier in, in the show. Not the biggest field, but man, the three-year-old talent is extremely interesting, uh, particularly no knock on Midnight Bourbon, but your eyes have to go towards the rubber match, rematch, whatever you want to call it, between Mandaloon and Hot Rod Charlie, both of which, after the the, the derby debacle, um, Again, these guys might be first and second in the Derby. Uh, both came back and ran really solid races. They're saying Hot Rod Charlie's uh, Belmont was the earliest fractions ever for a horse that ended up uh, hitting the board. And and Mandaloon put in a very well-timed uh, race in the Pegasus. Not a big, not a graded race, but over the Mammoth's trip. Does it come down to those two, Matt Carruthers? Yeah, I'll, and, and I'll be... I'll be honest. I'm one of those people. I mean, everyone likes. We all love patting ourselves in the back, but when you're wrong, you're wrong. I thought this was a weak three-year-old group in the beginning of the year, and I think I've been proven wrong. I think these horses are all better than I thought they'd be. And you're right. Hot Rod Charlie's performance in the Belmont—that's, I mean, that's Aladar-esque in terms of a great performance in which you don't win. I mean, he wins the Belmont Stakes. 95 out of 100 times of that performance, and essential quality was still a little bit better. He had to go 46-2 and two for the half to put away a rockier world who got a lot of buzz going into that race, who faded to finish sixth, and to run, um, you know, finish 11 and a quarter in front of Rombauer, who was third, your Preakness winner. That was huge. He's the horse to beat in the race. He's been training great. They make the equipment change. It was odd. Off a performance like yeah. that, you make an equipment change. You don't see that very often. But, again, Doug O'Neill is somebody I'm not going to question. He knows what he's doing. He's won a few big races in his day, and I guess he wants him to relax a little bit at nine furlongs. Um, Mandaloon, you know, his Pegasus win was a little better than the figure because of the problems. I mean, he was squeezed to last in the early part of that race. Right, yes. And it, it, yeah, so he had a bad beginning to that race. It was still able to rally and win. I think it was kind of a, it, I think it was kind of a perfect race for him going into this. Um, and then you have Midnight Bourbon who, you know, ran terrific in the Preakness. Who he kind of put away Medina Spirit late and Ron Bauer to kind of roll by him. But the wild card horse is following C. And we'll see how good this horse is. Uh, now for Todd Fletcher, I saw this horse. He's the rail. Uh, he's three to one morning line, which surprised me against this group. I think his price might go up a little bit. But I'm telling you, John, this horse is fast. And I was at Oakland Park for the Arkansas Derby, which I believe was April 11th. It was either the 10th or the 11th. I was there that weekend that he won at Oakland. And that was kind of like a wow type of performance in person. And he went nine and four. And I was like, wow, this horse is fast. Son of Run Happy. So you can question him at nine furlongs, maybe, but Run Happy is the son of Super Saber, right? Who won the Derby at a mile and a quarter. So, and then he goes to, you know, he leaves Baffert, he goes to Pletcher. And I watched that race right before your show here. I know it was a four horse field, but 
he went 15 and one without trying. I mean, he was wrapped up late. Buyer came back 100. If they tried the last 16, that buyer would have been 104. Um, I, you know, it, it, tough to gauge that race because there's a nine race card at Belmont that day, and five of the races were on grass. So there weren't that many. Um, dirt races. The one that I find amusing is that the track was listed as good. After that performance, the next dirt race, race number five, the track was labeled as fast. We always see that, right? You see one really fast race, and all of a sudden the track designation uh, moves forward a little bit. So he's kind of a wild card, and with the blinkers off, I'm guessing Joel's going to try to get the lead from the rail, and we've seen Monmouth have big-time speed-favoring biases, like a lot of places, but Monmouth in particular in the past, and speed's doing well. Um, I would keep your eye on that horse to, to, to maybe step up and run huge. All right. Well, we've been talking with Matt Carruthers from TVG. Matt, happy 22nd anniversary, and hopefully we'll speak with you again down the road. John, it's been, it's been my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on, and, uh, yeah, look forward to, uh, to being on your show again in the future. All right. That was Matt Carruthers. Quick break. Back with the man who is the law in Saratoga, none other than Tom Law. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, we were going to have Tom Law on in this section, but um, I got my Saratoga special in the mail today, and there's really nothing that I was in my computer that I needed to ask Tom about. Uh, <laughs> Joe Clancy, that they just go go to page three, folks, and it's everything you need to know about the the Saratoga special on the outside rail. Don't worry, we'll be asking Tom. And there's a great calendar in there that will tell you all the days the the editions are coming out, and at the same time, what stakes races are being run on that date. This is handy dandy. It's being framed and put on my wall right now. Tom Law, catch your breath, baby. The day's over. How did it go? 
It was uh, awesome today. You know, it was good to good to be back at the races uh, with the crowd. You know, I was I was here last year for the pandemic Saratoga meet with no fans in attendance, and you know, it was, it was jammed today. I mean, we were sitting in our office uh, late morning, early afternoon. Uh, our office is right on East Avenue, right across from the Oklahoma track, next to Fazy Tipton. And the cars were just like backed up, like in front of our little parking lot. And Sean, Joe, and I were all getting ready to kind of strategize to go out to get some lunch and get dressed uh, to go up to the races. And we're like, "Man, am I going to be able to back out of here?" Um, it was like Traverse Day <laughs> today. It felt like it, at least early on. The crowd was about just under twenty-eight thousand, which was really strong record for opening day. Um, so it was great, you know, great atmosphere, great energy over there. I mean, just great energy in town, um, you know, for a month, I would say, and, and kind of building to today and probably building, you know, throughout the meet. I think, you know, as you always see, you know, there's always a lot of anticipation for the beginning part of the meet. And then, you know, you might get a little bit of a low in the middle in July, kind of dog days of summer. And then you get to August and it's just the old traditional Saratoga dates, you know, kind of those weekends in August that are just jammed with the Whitney and Alabama Traverse, you know. So uh, a, a great start to the meet. I think they had record handle today, too, um, wow. which is which is great. You know, I mean, they came off a year where they had really strong handle numbers last year with, uh, with no on-track handle, so. You know, there was demand out there. They had a good card of racing, good stakes today, and got a good good couple days uh, coming up as well. So, you know, great start. One day down, uh, we still got 39 to go, which is nice. Well, many, many moons ago, I used to actually uh, put my fingers on a uh, Saratoga special. But like I yeah. said at the top of the show, I had mine delivered to me today. Thanks a lot. You didn't That's even right. leave it in the bushes. You, 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 you hit my computer right where you needed to. That's right. The virtual, uh, I like to call it the, the, the paper hits the virtual newsstand um, at night. You don't even have to wait for the morning. You don't have to wait for the paper boy. You don't have to get any ink on your hands. And, you know, <laughs> it might not, it doesn't get wet in the rain. Uh, no creases on it, nothing. So it's, uh, the digital was great. We had, you know, we really ramped up our digital presence last year for obvious reasons. We didn't print the paper at all. First time in, in 20 years I didn't print the paper. And, uh, brought it back today, printed it today, but our digital uh, impressions were really, really strong. We're really happy with them today, considering that, you know, we print about 5,000 copies of the paper every day uh, and, and have it all over town, backside, front side of the track, and also in the in the city at the hotels and coffee shops and stuff. But, but still people were reading it online. So I was hoping maybe that a lot of those people would, would continue to read that started to read last year that maybe discovered us for the first time or or reconnected with us and still still reading online. Actually ran into Ron Anderson, the agent for uh, John Velasquez and Joel Rosario this morning. I was trying to hand him a paper, and I was like, "Hey, Ron, you need you get today's paper?" He's like, "No, nah, I already read it on my iPad last night." So yeah. it was cool, just like you. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, by the way, uh, I would be remiss not to, to talk about the Saratoga special without mentioning uh, Sean Clancy and Joe Clancy, your one-third Absolutely. partners in crime. I know you brought, uh, we won't mention them all, but you brought on new staff members, including mm-hmm. some photographers, but nobody's better than than Todd Marks, man. he That, that guy does just does it. And, and now, yeah. what does the price of the Saratoga special cost me up at Saratoga? Oh, it's free. 
Um, I so know you can that. Get it, I'm... <laughs> yeah, you can get it for free. Uh, the print edition or the digital edition uh, is available free. Download. Uh, you can even go back issues also for free. So, you know, we're able to do that because of the great support from our advertisers. And, you know, they, they support the work that we do, uh, support racing, and, and really support our enthusiasm and also our, you know, sort of our mission, sort of our unspoken mission of, you know, kind of fostering young people and, and eager people that want to get involved in the Thurbert industry with our internship program, you know, which is, you know, not clearly defined like some of the other top internship programs in racing, but has a, a great track record of producing people that have gone on to to do really great things in the business and contribute in, in real positive ways. And uh, we got a, a smaller than usual team uh, this year, but we do have a team, which is great. We actually have a uh, a young lady from uh, Middleburg, Virginia, a 17-year-old. Her, she's got some family connections to the industry. She's helping us with some distribution and some. And she's going to help us with some social media marketing. You know, the young people are great at that. All the way up to uh, our man Terry Hill, who's a writer for us, who came to us a couple of years ago. He's 76 years old now, and um, so he's obviously not somebody that's on the upper trajectory to getting involved in the industry. But he was somebody that was involved in media and in marketing and stuff and reached out to us and said, I feel like your internship would just be the most awesome thing in the world. And I was like, let's just hire him and just have some fun with it. And he writes columns and he kind of goes about town. He gets dressed up to go to the races and treats it real seriously. And, you know, he's a really good writer and enjoyable writer. We got the range. Yeah. Well, Tom, so I so, so I don't have to give you the bums rush at the end of the show. I sure, want to. Sure. I need you to explain to everybody. Do they go How to, to uh, yeah. this is horseracingspecial dot com or do they go to That's the right. Saratoga Special to get it every day? So you can go to our, the best place to get it is through our website, which is thisishorseracing dot com. You go right to our website. There's a huge banner right on the top of the page. Saratoga Special, uh, click on it. Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners is uh, a sponsor of our digital edition. The full, excuse me, the full PDF every day. And then there's also some, some spots on our site where you can join our mailing list. Um, you know, in the contact section uh, on the about page, you can sign up for our uh, simple form. You can join. You can get signed up to get the to get the digital and receive it, you know, in your inbox every day. So um, we send out that email blast, like after we finish the paper and kind of goes live to the, we send it, to, now we have to send it to the printer again, which is great. But yeah, this is horseracing.com is the best place to get it. Uh, but we also push it out on our social channels, whether it's uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you can find that out there and some of the some of the young ladies we got working for us this year on our on our social stuff has done a great job with some really cool uh, promotions. So, but yeah, this is horseracing.com. Get you all the digital editions. You can get all, and you can go all the way back and get all the past editions too. So, you can it's see great. We so did pe- last year and the year before. Yeah. So if people want to, they can go back and see how many winners and losers yeah. you had today because you do have a handicapping section in there. We do, yeah. So we run uh, picks. We have a great power grid. Uh, actually, you know, not to brag, but John Trapezian uh, is kind of our kingpin of our handicapping column, and he, he was the leader in the entire Saratoga area last year. Um, I think he had 130-some-odd winners, and I was second with 123. 
um, of all the handicappers. So we're back, and then we have um, Charles Bedard and Garlic Rob Whitlock, a buddy of ours, and then we have Jessica Paquette, who's on there now. She's doing some work at uh, Colonial Downs and the TRF. She's uh, been a great addition to the team. So we do picks in the paper every single day. We also do our picks online on the days that we don't print the edition. So we have picks already up for Friday on our site right now because that gives us that consistency throughout the meet. So my Friday picks are on on our website right now, uh, right on the homepage. You'll see a, a thing that basically says Friday Saratoga Picks. It's right there. You can get those uh, without even getting the paper. We're going to do those on Friday, on uh, excuse me, on Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays. That's the day that we don't print the paper. So you can get that there. Had five winners today out of uh, the ten races, which is pretty good. So absolutely, congrats, especially yeah. yeah, right out of the box. I mean, Saratoga is so tough. Yeah. You got horses uh, <laughs> uh, shipping in from everywhere, including small tracks in Ireland. You know, um, exactly. It, yeah. It, 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 well, well, I got you. We got the. Uh, uh, we sure. got till 57. Um, the, yep. The, yep. the Diana, I mean, it's an oh. eight-horse field, but six of the horses are, were based in Europe at one time, some coming pretty much straight over, and the other ones just came over. And uh, certainly you've got to go back yeah. and watch the just-a-game stakes because it looks mm-hmm. like uh, outside of Harvey's little goyle that the potential winners are coming out of that race. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm planning on uh, making a visit uh, to those two horses that are owned by Godolphin, Alfika and Summer Romance, who, like you said, were one, two in there. Uh, Summer Romance on a loose lead kind of the whole way. Luis Saez and her did kind of all the dirty work in the Justa game, you know, set honest fractions, not super fast, but pretty good. And then uh, uh, her stablemate came and got her at the end, beat her by three quarters of a length at a at a pretty good price. Uh, so they were one two in there. Of course, then now they run back in here against some uh, you know formidable horses for Chad Brown. I think he's going for a record like fifth straight win in the race, and he wow. goes with uh, yeah, he's got got Pocket Square and uh, La Mista or European horses like you mentioned. Along with, you know, it's a good race with Big Lanty's Way from Shug McGee. You mentioned Harvey's Little Goyle for Bill Mott. He's very capable. Uh, La Signar, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, for uh, Brendan Walsh. Um, second in the game, you know, she's done, she's done some good travel this year. She's at Tampa and ran a uh, good race in the Jenny Wiley. would be third, ran second in the Gamely last time out in California. So she's uh, well-traveled. She's going to make a stop here in Saratoga, and Brendan is uh, – is is always good in turf races so it's an outstanding feature i think for you know for the first saturday of the meet kind of what you'd expect from saratoga the stakes have the stakes have looked good so far they've drawn you know decent sized fields for the races today and and for the weekend so you know we're excited uh, it's going to be a good one to cover for sure hey tom law i know this is a hard job but what's the weather report for saturday so the weather report earlier, it was looking like it was kind of going to be bad tomorrow. It's since turned pretty good for uh, tomorrow. And I think Saturday was looking like maybe some chances of thunderstorms uh, sometime during the day, which, you know, you get a lot in Saratoga. I mean, I sure. think now they're calling for, you know, a 75% chance of it. So, you know, that's not great. It's good. It's been dry here the last two days it's been kind of humid so it, it had been very very wet for maybe three weeks 
I feel like we got a lot of rain. My yard is like a disaster. Um, everything leading up to the meet, I'm just focusing all my attention on the special. But uh, I need to mow it desperately bad. So maybe tomorrow is the day to try to do that if I have a, a window of time. But, yeah, it's looking like rain Saturday and then sort of scattered thunderstorms through the weekend, like 40% on Sunday. So there's your well, there's your Insta weather report from the Saratoga special. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, a l- little bit harder than being a weatherman in, uh, let's say, San Diego. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Saratoga is just, yeah, so tricky with the weather. You know, I mean, the, I, I think I wrote it in my story today. I said, you know, the fans are back. The, the horses are back. A lot of the horsemen are back that weren't here last year. And, oh, yeah, the sort of unpredictable weather is also back, um, <laughs> which never really left. But uh, we had a really dry meet last year, of course, no fans in attendance. Uh, but this year, it's it, well, one day it was nice today. But in the lead-up, it certainly was very has been very wet, maybe looking like a wet weekend. We'll find out. Well, earlier in the show, I uh, try not to date myself. I was, I think I was still in diapers, but I saw a baby-faced boy by the name of Steve Cawthon go out on the track in the Sanford Stakes aboard a lanky chestnut mm. colt by the name of Affirmed. And wow. Affirmed got his first stakes win in the Sanford Stakes. I got photos to prove it. And now, awesome. today, something happened that was kind of rare. They, they popped this stat up on television that Wesley Ward was something like 0 for 32 in graded stakes races. And yeah, uh, they're, they're going to have to adjust <laughs> that stat because uh, uh, Golden Pal uh, looked like this could be some kind of super horse as far as sprinting on the grass. And Wesley Ward, uh, I, I don't have the odds in front of me. I only got two minutes left time but um another big full field going mm-hmm. for the graded stakes in, in the sanford six furlongs uh ward's got headline report a spectacular a winner with johnny v up at keeneland but uh, certainly my eyes are also drawn to wit and candy landing again mm-hmm. in such a brief amount of time you got any inside information on this race i like wit uh you know he was a horse that that was no secret you know work report was really good in our, in the stable tour today i, I talked to todd and you know, kind of reading the tea leaves. He's not exactly the easiest guy to kind of read between the lines, but I know that they really like him. Uh, he drew the rail, but, you know, that might not necessarily hurt him. Pretty uh, pretty birdie drew the rail today in the Scholarville and won. But, yeah, right. Wesley is coming back from April, So, but I like Wit in there. All right. Well, you heard it from Tom Law, and you also heard how you get your daily Saratoga special. Man, there's nothing better than a cup of coffee and reading this on your screen. Uh, go, go to one word, this is horse racing. Dot com and uh, Tom told you how easy it is to find. Hell, I found it, so it's got to be easy. Tom Law, <laughs> enjoy yourself so much. I expect to cross paths up there. Uh, I'll meet you at the Man of War Fountain under the ancient ancient elms at some time. Meanwhile, you and the Clancy brothers keep doing what you're doing. You, you put out a fantastic product. Thanks, my friend. It's been great, and we're looking forward to the rest of the meet. All right, that was Tom Law. Maybe we'll catch up with him in six weeks and see how everything panned out at Saratoga and for the Saratoga special. Uh, Don't forget, our easy win forms are going to be helping you out uh, both at Monmouth Park and Saratoga and Del Mar. You can't be every place at once, but we are with our easy win forms. I'm John Engelhardt. Thanks for listening. You're tuned to Winning Ponies. 
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.